Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of For What It's Nerd. Today we're here to discuss Ahsoka, which I've been waiting ages for. It's finally out the first two episodes and I've got to say I was really, really impressed. From design elements to colour palette to story to um, acting, just everything felt perfect. Now, of course, that's very easy to say and very easy to kind of um, feel, right? That everything is perfect with the show. I do think that there are some things that I am still hesitant about with the show. We will, of course, get into that. But yeah, I think this show um, is a real testament to Star Wars and the Star Wars brand thus far. Now, not to say that I couldn't change in the next I think six episodes that the show has. It'll have eight in total, of course. Um, so six left to run. Um, and as we as we saw not long ago with Secret Invasion, I was very very happy with that show until the last episode. So things can change, things can happen. I'm not selling the idea that Ahsoka is the Star Wars media just yet. I know a lot of people are quoting it as Star Wars is back now. I've said this before, I'll say it again, I disagree vehemently with that phrase because there's always good parts of Star Wars, even in the bad, to pull out. For example, the um, if you're a big enough Star Wars fan and you read the books and you read the comics, you know that there is a lot of good stories, a lot of great characters being developed there, even when perhaps the movies weren't as great as we want or some of the shows fell flatter than we'd have liked. So there's always been good parts of Star Wars. There's always been great parts of Star Wars. There's always been the bad too. Let's not forget that. Um, and sometimes the bad actually comes around and becomes good again. I love the prequels, right? We all love the prequels now, even if they are janky in some version or another. But not always. Not always did everyone love them. Um, so, yeah, with that in mind, I think Ahsoka has is primed to become one of those great pieces, the great... Um, monuments of Star Wars media, like Clone Wars has kind of become. Not so much Rebels has become yet, but I think Rebels will be greatly enhanced by the Ahsoka experience because a lot of people will then become interested in these characters like Sabine, like Thrawn when Thrawn eventually makes an appearance and want to know more. Um, but yeah, this these first two episodes had a lot of reveals. I don't want to go too... I try very hard in these podcasts not to go too much into detail about the actual episodes straight away because i know that you know if we, we we're not even a week um since the first two episodes came out yet a lot of people like to hear what i have to say but ne don't necessarily want to hear all the big plot points so i try and steer clear as much as possible unless i feel like it's something that really needs critiquing um one thing i am um conscious of going into this is um, Morgan Elspeth, and I, I will kind of touch on what we find out about her. I don't think it is super, super integral to the plot as yet, but Morgan um, has been um, revealed in the first two episodes of the show to be, and again, if you don't want to hear spoilers, this is the this is the moment, this is the moment, like, jump ahead. I, I don't even know yet. Jump ahead a little bit, a few minutes, see if we're still talking about Morgan. Um, uh, and the, the issue is Morgan, to me, um, becoming a night sister is uh, not becoming, because she obviously was always one by nature of how the canon works, but her her being a night sister 
is a weird one for me because it starts to go into that kind of and don't get me wrong i really like it actually i think it really works there's like the idea that there's kind of three force using groups working together to bring, bring back Thrawn is cool but it feels like dave baloney kind of makes his law messes with it and then kind of rejigs it and reuses it a lot and you know it feels like that could be something to watch. Like, like, this is not me saying it's a bad thing. I'm actually very excited to see Morgan. Uh, you know, it's nice to have more mystical characters in this era because we kind of lose that. As you transition from prequel era into, um, into the Galactic Civil War, you find that a lot of that mystic side of Star Wars really uh, fades out. And I know a lot of people prefer that. A lot of people prefer the kind of scoundrel-esque side of Star Wars. I like the mystic stuff just as much. So. This is a great thing for me, actually, but I'm very conscious. Um, I'm very conscious of where that might go. So I'm, I'm being very conscious. I'm being very aware of that. I, I know that Dave Filoni has had a track record, and he's, he said it recently as well, that George saw movies as the only thing that mattered, and obviously, again, the Clone Wars TV show, and now obviously the bigger TV shows that are coming out now um, are also big canon, but they kind of do gloss over the fiction a lot. Um, the literature, so to speak, and I have big umbrage with that because if you're trying to sell people on a product, um, the last thing you want to sell them on is, oh well, this thing's going to become redundant when someone says something. Because, and I know a lot of people will contest this point, but they have said on a number of occasions that the books are canon. The books are essentially a part of canon. For example, the High Republic would not exist without books. So it's one and, and like and like there's characters coming from the books and the comics onto the main screen all the time now. So the comics obviously are clearly something that is pulled from and used. Um, look no far no further than Black Crescenton in um, in uh, Boba Fett, and no further than Vanessa Roar um, going to be appearing in the Acolyte. So there are examples of these characters crossing over, and I've got to be honest, if they don't. I, I will be very become very disenfranchised if this starts to become a big thing where the books are just totally X'd out. Especially, it seems primarily to happen with Dave Filoni's projects. And I appreciate Dave. Don't get me wrong, I think he does great at the things he does. <laughs> so, for example, I love Rebels. Rebels is my like, big, like, I love, that was my fit. I, I kind of, I didn't grow up on Rebels, but, like, I grew up on Clone Wars. But, like, Rebels was when I really started to understand Star Wars, if that makes sense. Like, in the sense of like that was when my passion for star wars was that it's kind of not at its peak because i think it continues to grow but that was at a point where i was really really invested in star wars and the storylines that they were starting to build because you know we'd had force awakens and star wars was back and the the, the, the it wasn't just kind of enjoying this thing that was kind of archaic in a sense right it, it wasn't it wasn't this thing that was dead and i was watching it but it, there was nothing more to take from it it was this thing that was alive and beating and changing and new things were being added and there was a weekly episode and people would be excited about it and stuff like that, right? So Rebels is near and dear to me and I'm very happy that Dave Filoni created characters like Hera, like Sabine, like Ahsoka, like Kaelin, Ezra, thro bringing Thrawn into live action. That's something that I will forever be, not just live action, sorry, um, animation then live action is what i meant to say but that was something that i will always be um very very um 
what's the word? Thankful. I'll be very thankful to, to Dave Lordy for, for doing. But at the same time, there's a lot of Thrawn mythos even within the new universe now that really needs to be kind of paid attention to. And I think, I, I, I'm hoping, I think Dave has enough of a touch to know when something needs to be changed slightly for um, practical or kind of um, updated story reasons. For example, right, when we watch the, and I know a lot of people had issues with it, I did too, but for example, when we watch the um, uh, Tales of the Jedi, Ahsoka's outfit having that kind of new look, even though it was earlier on in the Clone Wars, made sense because a lot of people have kind of questioned that earlier design of her outfit, for example, right? Or in in Ahsoka, for example, there's a scene that kind of parallels another scene. We don't know if it's the exact same scene or if it's a different one, but um, if it is the same one, their clothing is different. Ahsoka doesn't have a staff anymore. She, in fact, um, has her, her, her robes. She doesn't, she doesn't look Gandalf-esque anymore, so to speak. Um, she doesn't look as um, wizened as she did in that either. Um, and if that's been changed because the story had to evolve in some way, and obviously they couldn't possibly have known that they were going to go this certain way with the story because of X, Y, and Z, then that's okay. That's fine. But if you have something that's come before and you're trying to exit out, that is kind of annoying, right? So that's what I kind of mean with with the, the canon breaks, so, so to speak. Things will inevitably change as you move forward with a storyline because you think, oh, that would actually be really cool. Can we do that? And yeah, sometimes you're going to have to have minor discrepancies. But to X something out that's come before is kind of frustrating in a way that I really don't like. So that's what I guess I'm trying to say with that. Um, that's got nothing really to do with the show yet, at least. You know, there was a lot of great moments in the show. There's the humor of Rebels is there, but in a tone that allows you to understand that this is a saturated is the word that comes to mind, but not saturated in the in the negative sense. I don't know how to put it. Like this is a world that isn't all animation and funny, like comical animation bits and like impossible movements and you know that type of stuff, right? Like no character is going to be hurling themselves around like an animated character can. Um, but within that, it's very, very plausible. I mean, for example, I, you know, a lot of people had the issue, right? This is, this is probably the best example. A lot of people had the issue when Han Solo um, became, Alden Ehrenreich became Han Solo, right? I personally didn't after about five or 10 minutes watching him. He got the vibe for me very, very much now, and it kind of melted away the idea that this wasn't uh, Harrison Ford. But, um, yeah, a lot of people had issue with the idea that Old Meryn Reich wasn't, um, for them, they could never reconcile the fact that it wasn't Han, uh, uh, it wasn't Harrison Ford as Han Solo. That's a mouthful. Um, and so there was some kind of discrepancies there. I personally had to kind of do the opposite with, um, Nat uh, I forget her name, Natalie, well, I forget, Sabine's actress. Sorry, sorry. Um, uh i really felt like i lost myself in the fact that she was she was sabine obviously the voice is different but she was sabine she is sabine like like you look at her and you don't you can't even tell the difference don't get me wrong with certain things production wise i think could be better for example when she cuts her hair i think that the hairstyle could have been really um the, the wig is kind of off 
I think there could have been some more work done there. I also think the same of Hera. I think whilst Hera looks amazing and um, man, I, I'm really bad at names today. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is that right? She looks great as Hera. She acts great as Hera. I just think there's a few details that the eyes are kind of uncanny and her leku at points kind of feel a bit off. And it, it feels weird, right? Because they've got so far with Ahsoka's leku. Like, we've had, um, le not leku, sorry, Montrals. Um, <laughs> let's get the wording right, people. Um, I feel like there's been such a development there as regards her first appearance in Mandor to now. And I kind of hoped as well that they would have a little bit more there for the Twi'lek. Um, uh, Twi'lek. Uh, Leku, right? Um, I it's not a big thing. It's just something you know at certain points with the way the head turns, like it kind of almost gets caught. Um, but yeah, I, I, th those are like the things that I was picking up. I had a little cough there. That's great. That's perfect. Um, right in the middle of recording. I love it when that happens. Usually, usually so I don't know how. Like, this is a slight like tangent, but we're going to talk about it anyway. I don't know how many of you realize, but I really try as much as I can to do one take of these um these podcasts because I think it helps. I think it means it's genuine. You know that you're getting the kind of authentic um view of how I feel about these things. Um but that can lead to issues, especially if you're halfway through and you need a cough or you need to um I don't know, do something. Um and so I try very much to be as genuine as possible. Um, I try very much to be as honest and open as possible about the things that I believe to be true of media that I'm like consuming. I hope you guys um, noticed that. Uh, that, of course, does come with a few drawbacks, like I say, in instances where I need to cough or take a pause or take a drink or stuff like that. So if you ever feel like there is a little bit of a pause, I do apologize, but it's because I'm trying to keep this as genuine as possible um, podcast-wise. Uh, and that's a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's important to say because I've never really said it out loud, and I think it's very important to get that out there so everyone does know. Also, um, it really, um, it's really about time saving as well. I don't have a lot of time, so if I can get the podcast out in one sitting, I don't have to edit it, and then that saves me a lot of time so I can keep creating the content that I love to create here. So that's kind of a bigger side. If you guys are enjoying the content as well, please let me know. I, I, I'd love to know. You guys think of what we make but that's all aside anyway back to talking about what star wars is made with ahsoka sorry for that tangent um but i do i do feel like um rosario dawson is just a smash hit as ahsoka of course it's very weird because it's hard to decide what comes over right because for example yu yang the robot uh the droid sorry the master lightsaber um, smith, so to speak, um, is still voiced by David Tennant as he was in the Clone Wars. Now that makes sense because it's a, it's a, it's a robot character, right? But for example, in another way, Thrawn will be played in live action by the same character as by the same actor as who played him in Rebels. And so you have this weird synergy of sometimes the actor comes over, like um, Katika Katisakov as um, Bo-Katan, and sometimes you don't with Rosario Dawson, with uh, with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, etc., etc. Right? There's certain situations where that happens, and I understand that not every act voice actor 
looks the part of the character they've been playing. I mean, that's kind of the point of voice acting, right? Voice acting allows you to kind of be uninhibited by anything but your voice. I mean, that's why you see a lot of women playing younger um, male characters, um, for example, um, kids, etc. Um, just like Timmy Turner, for example, is done by, oh my gosh, I wish I never gave that example because I forgot her name now. Um, ah, it's the same woman who does Miss Minutes in Loki. Why is it not coming to me? Oh my gosh. I, 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 she's literally like, she's voice acting royalty. Um, ah, no, it's gone. I can't think of it. She does Harley Quinn as well. Um, it'll come to me in about 10 minutes, but yeah, it's like that happens a lot. Same with um, Bart Simpson on The Simpsons, of course. So, you know, it's a thing that I feel like you should not be constrained by it where necessary, but I know a lot of people were very upset that um, Ashley Eckstein, the voice actress of Ahsoka for so many years, is kind of slightly being sidelined. And I kind of get it because it's very hard to see this character that you originated become someone else's, but that's happened across media in so many ways, right? James Bond, for example, or Superman, or Batman. There's so many people who embody these characters, and it, you have to have ego, and I don't think Ashley Eckstein has ego to be a person who wants to guard a character to just be theirs. And I think even the people who would say, oh, I think we should leave it alone after this person, after I'm gone, they don't say it with ego necessarily. They say it with the idea that, like, you guys should know that, the, that certain things can't be recaptured right? Batman, for example, will live forever, but there's certain characters who are the person who acted first. Because Batman was a, a character first, like a symbol first, right? And then became a, a, like a movie. There's certain versions where that doesn't necessarily happen. I know, for example, Indiana Jones is a, is a really good example. After Harrison Ford, would it make sense? Maybe way down the line, but I don't think it's something that you would want to pick up on straight away as like, let's do another, let's reboot Indiana Jones. Right, so there's a lot. There's a lot to think about as regards that. I think um, there's characters who are the actor, and there's actors who become the character, so to speak. I think in this instance, they've done a really good job of it. Fuck all was. Also, speaking of that, um, they definitely did a really good job of expressing Chopper in live action because in animation, easy, right? You can over you can overemphasize everything, and it works. But in live action. It feels like we're still watching animation, watching Chopper. And the fact that Hera and Chopper have a conversation and you can almost hear Chopper, you can kind of inflect what he's saying. It's just so intelligent, so funny, and actually just it adds to this idea that Chopper is a maniac. Um, and I loved it. I, loved, I, I genuinely did love this show and everything it gave us in these first two episodes. The bad guys are complex. Balin, for example, Balin Skull, has more to him than just being, yes, he wants power, but there's something about him. He doesn't really, he doesn't, he laments the Jedi Order still and instructs in the Jedi, Jedi Order fashion. He has Shin Hati's lightsaber built in the same way as his, for example, she has built, she, she adheres to, she is a averse idea of a Padawan, but a Padawan all the same. And it's really interesting, and I'm very excited to see where it all goes next. Um, this could probably be some of the best Star Wars media to ever exist, depending on how this ends. And that's not a large statement, I think that's a true statement. But that is, again, dependent on how this ends. 
So we'll probably check in on Ahsoka in a few weeks' time when it's coming close to the end or has ended, and we'll discuss it more fully then. But I am thoroughly enjoying it at the moment, and I hope you guys are too. Let me know your opinions on Ahsoka. Guys, thank you as always for listening slash watching. I hope you've had a great week. I'll see you next time. Bye, guys.